So I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Yoy and double yoy. We talking about Twitter. Triple yoy. Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Quadruple yoy. Welcome to the second episode of What Jin's Talking About. It's the conversation about the Steelers social media conversation. I'm your host, Kyle Kreis. Here with me in studio is Greg Benevent. Welcome to episode two. Oh man, I am so glad to be here for episode two. I, uh, like so many other members of Steelers Nation, I am feeling irrationally happy after the third game. <laughs> well, you know, I think episode one was a success. Yes. Not, uh, didn't get any, you know, no hate mail. Uh, it sounds like you know, mm-hmm. people did listen, so okay. thank you to everyone Indeed. at Behind the Steel Curtain mm-hmm. for giving us this opportunity and for promoting us on your shows. Yeah, I, I did see we did get one little, we get a little friendly fire okay. uh, from uh, Jeffrey Benedict oh. uh, over there, uh, who who does the uh, who does the Cutting Room Floor podcast. He didn't okay. he didn't uh, think that. He didn't really agree that the the the, the battle for the number the number three QB between mm-hmm. Mason and Haskins. You know, I had said last week that mm-hmm. that's really going to be the the greatest QB three in Steelers <laughs> history. Okay, and uh, Benedict over there thought that Charlie Batch is the greatest QB three. Well, we I mean they considered that during that very brief period of time where Batch was. You know, how many teams have a third quarterback that starts like what ten or twelve games? It started for a team in the league. I mean, that's you know an embarrassment of riches. Sure, I'll give him half credit. Okay, but Batch <laughs> Batch didn't play any snaps that game. So what is was he really? You know, our greatest QB three the, the, who sat the bench all year. So I'm sticking with. I'm sticking with Duck is still our greatest or right. to be to be determined between Haskins and Mason. Okay. Otherwise, uh, otherwise it was a it was a pretty flawless episode one. Um, <laughs> and like you said, you know, I, I don't you know, if you see a faded sign mm-hmm. on the side of the road mm-hmm. that says 15 miles to the Steelers love <laughs> Shaq. Love Shaq, baby. Oh, All man. week on mm-hmm. social media. Yes. It's been a love fest. Well, well mm-hmm. th- I mean, I think we may have knocked out the Browns as uh, <laughs> preseason champs this year. Yeah, no, it was right. It was a good, pre- yeah, it was a good preseason building all to our uh, third week preseason championship at uh, parades all around. This always this seems to happen. We, you know, you get a little flash of lightning from our starters, Ben, <laughs> looking like the Ben that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Grew and, up with. Yeah, and you know now the waterworks are going from the uh, from the national scene <laughs> to the local scene. No Steeler can do no wrong. Well, almost, almost, almost. <laughs> right. We'll get to Wait for that. Yeah. We'll get to the one guy still in the doghouse. <laughs> let's let's start it off. I don't I don't know who mm-hmm. got the who got the most love out there this week on social media. I think it's got to be um, our new tight end, Mister Pat Frymuth. I'm going to have to agree with that. Yes, I mean it's when you make two catches both. Both of them are touchdowns and both of them are touchdowns that look great. I mean, it wasn't like he was just wide open standing in the back of the end zone. I mean, he made big plays on the ball both times. Yes, that is. And I think that I think that's also that gives, you know, the people on social media and in the media a chance to love the Steelers again. Ah, here's the reason the Steelers are going to be great and different this year. We've seen 
something great and different. Ah, yes, we're going to replace Renegade with some Peter Cetera. <laughs> Remember the love lost here. All the Steelers out there, almost paradise. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, so mm-hmm. do we need to calm everyone's jets on Fryermuth here? Here, Here's the tweet from, you know, we we kept the receipts on the tweets this week because... We're holding them in our hands. Oh, I mean, you yeah. know... Uh, here, here's here's the tweet from Matthew Smith at MD Snizzo seventy four. I think Pat will be the starting tight end by week six at the latest. Better blocker and way better hands than Ebron. So here's one guy putting him at the starter at at week six. Wow. Uh, here and here's here's another tweet. This is Tommy Jaggy. This is one mm. of my uh, it was one of my nemeses on oh. Twitter oh. at Tommy Jaggy. Says okay. I really think Pat Farmuth earns more snaps mm. in his rookie season than Eric Ebron does this year. So hmm. we're, we're we're starting our tight end. He's getting more snaps than Ebron. Wow. What's what's uh, what, what do you say here? What's the real, reality with Ebron <gasps> and? Farmers. I, I think the the reality is, I mean, I'm, I'm struck by uh, Mr. Smith's uh, tweet about how he's a better blocker and way better hands than Ebron with the idea that, like, you know, several children in a trench coat is probably a better blocker than Ebron. <laughs> oh. but that's not, no, but that's not. But that but, but it, it, I don't know if he necessarily has better hands. That's a or, hot take. That's well, a- yeah, yes and no. But it, <laughs> but it's just that you didn't. But that's OK, because nobody hired Ebron to block. Nobody thought he was going to come in and it was going to be 90s Mark Bruner and, you know, uh, rising NFL music in the background as he clears out three linebackers. That's not the point. He's there to be a receiver. I get irritated when I'm like, oh, Ebron's a terrible blocker. Well, who cares? If you're paying him to block, you messed up. Like, so that's the same. And that's the same thing. Why? It's the same thing. You get people, you know, oh, he's going to take, you know, we're going to cut Ebron or get rid of Ebron or have Ebron play less. Why not have two tight ends that can catch? You have a fullback. You have, he can play like a tight end. I mean, it, you know, to block, why not have two giant guys that can't be covered, particularly in the red zone? Well, we've got some uh, wide receivers that can't catch, so. <laughs> Finish him. Oh, so yeah, may as well, may as well put those tight ends out there. But that's the problem we've got now. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you want Fryermuth out there, mm-hmm. then you've got to take someone off the field. Are we taking, you know, a chase off the field mm. so we can have Ebron and Firemuth out there? Well, I think, I don't know if it's necessarily, see, I don't even necessarily worry about it that way. It's that, you know, not everyone's always going to be healthy and not everyone's going to play every snap. So I think it, it's not like this optimum 11 is always going to be out there the entire time. I don't necessarily think that Fryermouth, you know, has to take too, too many snaps from a clay pole from an Ebron. I think just due to the new natural attrition of this thing, that everyone's going to get out there, they're pretty fair share. So it's again it, not to belabor the entire point of this but it's not worth getting upset about it on social media well i mean even the national guys love this here's here's uh this was from the rich eisen show okay this week well he he was quoting a, a text that he got and got it and uh his line was pittsburgh hitting on a white tight end from penn state was as predictable as the sun rising in the morning <laughs> So okay. that's a that's a tweet for you there. Yes, that's, indeed. Now, in fact, over at uh, over at DVE, Mike Prezuda, mm-hmm. who I love, is saying that uh, not only is this a white tight end from Penn State, mm-hmm. uh, he's he the, him and Ben mm-hmm. are apparently watching Heath Miller video. Wow, I've done that too. Just <laughs> being on the team. Yeah, but it's just like. Uh, 
You, I, I want I want Pat to be watching Mark Bruner video. You know, oh you, right, you yes. got to be the first guy over to pick up the running back when you're he, gonna after get like he's tackled. two catches in the course of a game, maybe on like three targets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the the, the standard that the, the, that everyone's putting on Fryermuth right now is the expectations are that if this guy isn't you know fifty catches, ten touchdowns, it's a letdown. What you know? Well, I I think yeah, I think the I think the fear of the letdown is the negative side effect of this wonderful moment we're having right now on social media, where everyone is both content with the team as well as with Fryermouth. I mean, it's it's you know he never. I mean, I I cringe a little bit every time I see that stat on social media about how he never dropped a pass in the red zone in college. I'm like, okay, so when he drops one on you know third and six in the second quarter against uh, uh, the Browns in the middle of the season like are we going to beat the guy up i mean that's not to be not to make this the second episode the downer episode but that is something to always be you you know you can't be too down on the team when everyone's telling you how bad they are on social media but by that same token man recognize there's a dark side to all this love that you're feeling right now can't be he can't be the perfect guy that everyone says he is or he wouldn't have lasted to the middle of the second round well i mean i i guess it's just i mean well he was essentially what the second or third tight end taken right i mean i can totally see there's a lot of teams like man we don't have a quarterback we don't have any offensive line or defensive line maybe the best tight end is going to drop second best tight end is going to drop down a bit that kid from atlanta is apparently great but i don't know well you know we've we've seen this kind of excitement before i think Mm -hmm. with uh vance the animal oh yeah Uh, and he was good i mean for a while there and he was always a great blocker but yeah Green had a lot of excitement in Steeler Nation. It's two weeks in a row, two Ladarius Green references. Yes, and I'll say the same thing. He had a great game against Cincinnati. That big catch. Yeah, Ladarius. The standard is the standard. Like the with with, with fandom, it's like <laughs> you, you can be hyped up for him, but mm-hmm. but you know you can't be. You, you got you mean you know, we haven't seen what we're gonna get yet. We right, don't know. Right, 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 right. Yes, it's it's literally just Christmas morning. You've just unwrapped the the gift. You don't know what it's gonna be like when you're playing with it for like a little while. It take your time yeah yeah you love it now but you're not stuck on king hippo for a week <laughs> unable to defeat that stage i wasn't sure. i didn't know we could use old nintendo references i would have busted that out much earlier yes but thank you for king hippo that's great mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> all right mm-hmm. uh also getting love mm-hmm. on the offense is a player that's not even in the field in fact he's not even <laughs> on the sidelines he's up in the booth matt canada Mm-hmm. Uh, the let the love start. We have a we have a long history of we wanted to fire BA. They said oh, yes. fire BA and no mm-hmm. one did a thing. They said mm-hmm. fire Haley, mm-hmm. Mr. Pittsburgh, and <laughs> and no one said a thing. They said fire Feekner mm-hmm. and no one said a thing. But we now we well, seem I think to they all agreed with the Feekner thing. I think a lot of them were ready to push him out. <laughs> well, hey, you know I'm I'm one of I'm one of Randy's uh, armies there. Mm-hmm. I don't think that uh, you know he Rand, don't forget Randy. Developed a lot of those wideouts yes. who who came in from the young money era. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, you know, I don't think that we can put all the, you know, you can't no. go 12 and 0 and, and, and say it's Feekner's fault. And it certainly was. No, I mean, it's 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 one of those things that he just happened to be the fall guy. Was he as culpable as anyone? Sure. But it's not like he was, you know, ah, it was all his fault. He's out of here. Here's a young guy that's going to have us doing all different kinds of motion. Now everything's perfect once again. Well, here's our anti Fall guy. It seems like Matt Canada all love. In fact, I don't know the way some people love him. He might be replacing Tomlin midseason or something. Uh, here's NFL Network okay. on Matt Canada. First off, Matt Canada tops Peter Schrager's 
list of top five new coordinators, which wow. is, you know, I didn't even I, I don't even have my top 10 uh, all time coordinator list. <laughs> and this guy is putting out a top five new coordinators ranking. I mean, you know, step aside power rankings. We've got the coordinator rankings. Anyway, Peter Schrager says mm-hmm. there's a real spark out there. Harris and Frymuth are new weapons, yes, but mm. the biggest new piece is Matt Canada mm. calling the plays. If this was so easy, uh, why mm. wasn't Matt Canada uh, a coordinator before today? Mm. Well, I mean, first off, I'm I'm utterly fascinated by the idea about doing your top five new coordinators after the third week of the preseason. Like that is just amazing. I mean, obviously, you have to put out a lot of content. You have there's an amazing and incredible appetite for it. However, to do that after a really good first half against the Panthers is quite is something it it's hard not to be excited for Canada just because they are doing all these new things you haven't seen. And it's and again, and this is wonderful and enjoy this time. This I can't say this enough. Enjoy this time of everyone being high on these things. This is great because as soon as I saw some of that motion and all those plays working, I kept thinking about towards the end of Ken Wisenhunt's reign as offensive coordinator when they'd run like some kind of reverse on third and two and the guy loses two yards. And of course, at that point, they shout fire everybody, fire him. Yeah. Same thing happened to Mike Malarkey. Yeah. As soon as someone brings in a little bit of innovation at, at it's great up until the moment it stops working and then everyone gets upset again. So I'm just trying to enjoy top five new coordinators. Sure. Great. I, I hope that that link stays the same way in five months. And we haven't even seen anything all that exciting. Like, right. what, what is this? Which coor- is cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, ooh, we saw Chase in motion. Oh, my. Ooh, <laughs> Canada points on the board. We've got Chase in motion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, we're doing some more play action, and you know, Ben's looking good on the yes, play action. Yes, yes. Uh, but you know, to put this guy top five coordinator yet, let's like, come on, we haven't put a point <laughs> on the board yet. And it's, yeah, and, and you're right. As soon as we do a shuffle pass on third and short, everyone's getting fired. Gosh. <laughs> That's evil Vincent Price. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it is. It's um <laughs> Okay, that's yes. a, okay, Vincent. All right. Well, I, okay. think the, I think the other part of it, you mentioned, you know, Chase Claypool and all that is that it, it's not just, you know, those of us watching and thinking, hey, is this going to work? It's is Ben going to believe in this? Because wasn't that one of the major narratives of this past season was like, hey, we used all the Canada stuff early on and it was great. And then as soon as things started to get a little bit tough, Ben was like, OK, I'm getting rid of the ball fast. I'm getting out there. We're not sending dudes in motion and all this and and oh, and do not expect. I want Steeler Nation to to hear this loud and clear. Do not expect us to get away from that short passing right. game. You know, right. it's going to be quick. Ben mm. still needs to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. We've seen, we've seen, uh, we've seen what our rookie center mm-hmm. can do sometimes, yes. and what he can't do sometimes. sometimes. So mm-hmm. we're going to be getting rid of the ball quick. We're going to see wide out screens. We're going to see. Uh, you know, maybe we'll see some running back screens. I don't know if mm-hmm. we've seen some of that in a while. Well, but. I bet I think we can run it again now. You can actually see the thing. It's going to be great if it pops up, hopefully. And so when, you know, when we when we do these dink and dunk mm-hmm. Peyton Manning passes, don't get on Ben's case. Don't get on Canada's case. OK, we need to do this to stay healthy and stay alive. We need to keep Ben alive this season. Mm-hmm. All right. We're at uh, we're at about 15 minutes. Excellent. Let's take Let's take a, Let's pay some bills because we've got to talk. We've got to talk defense. Mm-hmm. We've got to talk. Oh, I've got some O-line stuff. A lot Excellent. of a lot more love to pass around mm-hmm. let's uh 
let's let's take a let's pay some bills. All right, we paid them bills, and I and definitely go support our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, BTSC is your one-stop Steelers shop uh, without having to spend on anything, really. So <laughs> anyway, we're getting back into this love fest here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we talked, we talked, uh, we talked tight ends. We talked O-line. We didn't talk O-line. We talked no. O-coordinators. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the defense. Indeed. Um, the most love on social media, uh, I think, has got to be Highsmith. It's been all preseason. Yes. It's, you know, the, it's been the Highsmith show. Mm-hmm. But now we're really starting to see the social media takes come out. Uh, in fact, here we go. Here we go. Year two. Here, let's. Uh, here, here, the tweet has come in here. Oh, there we go. Year two. Highsmith is where Bud Dupree was at year four and five. Granted, Bud had a lot of injuries early in his career. Wow. So, I mean, that's the news you want to hear. Yes. Because Bud was that freak of nature, six four, mm-hmm. two forty. I'm not. You know, I'm not saying I could play linebacker, but. Uh, <laughs> So now Highsmith, year two, mm-hmm. is going to come in and give us Bud kind of numbers. Do, should we buy that hype, or do we need to settle down, Steeler Nation? Well, I mean, I, I think everyone needs to settle down after the third preseason game. If there's one theme going through our second episode that's absolutely that kind of thing, is it please, hey, this is great, and it really could work out. But man, if they go up there and play Buffalo, who's a tough team, that first game, that's as tough a first game as that is. If this goes bad, don't turn on all of these guys. But... I have to be honest. I, I'm big on Highsmith. I don't think that's insane at all that he's that he's where Bud was just because I think we were so down on Bud, particularly early in his career, because we'd see him, you know, not get a sack on a rush and think, oh, man, it's Jarvis Jones again. Yeah. Like, I think we all got real scarred by that Jarvis Jones thing. And as soon. So that's why I, I totally believe. I mean, you. it's funny. We're looking at this. Your two Highsmith is where Bud Dupree was at year four or five. Well, where's your two Highsmith in terms of where your two Jarvis Jones was? Yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, okay. this is just by now. I, I, I mean, it, I mean, what is the upside for Highsmith? Super Clark Haggins? Like, I mean, where he could go? <laughs> like, it's. And I would take that in a heartbeat. That'd be great. So, well, yeah. I mean, a second round pick. I think that uh, the the expectations are starter and beyond. I mean, right? You but know, wasn't not, he a third though? Wasn't Highsmith a third? And also, he comes oh. from a smaller school. That was see, that's what I keep coming back to. He's from that like tiny school that you know. Even I, I went to Drexel University, and we even we have never heard of UNC Charlotte. Like, <laughs> it, but that's but that's just it though. But th- hey, a third round pick's got to start too. Third round pick's got to start this year. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So. Well, well, we might have we're gonna have a first round pick start. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a third round pick start, mm-hmm. and that and coming up next, we might are we gonna have a fourth <laughs> round pick starter? Because I'll tell you what the 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 tweets out there today mm-hmm. uh, this week they're ready to put not only the starter sash on Dan Moore Jr., <laughs> but they're ready to send the walking papers to uh, Chooks out there. Uh, here's the here's the, we got we got the tweet from PFF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the player with the most pass blocking snaps while allowing pressures this preseason, mm-hmm. Dan Moore Jr. Wow, wow. And then here's another. The, the, then the poll came out. Mm-hmm. Who would be your choice to open the se- the season as Steelers starting left tackle? Mm. Uh, Chooks thirty six percent. Dan Moore Jr., 64% of the vote. This is a bigger uh, landslide than when Reagan went against Mondale. (laughs) 
It, what what is going on? Is Dan Moore Jr. a fourth round rookie really going to be starting on this Steelers O line? I, I I would be very surprised. I would be terrified. I mean, he's looked good out there in the preseason most of the time. Sure, I think a lot of this pull is that hey, we're the fans, and when we see Chooks, he's out there against the other team's ones for the most part, or however many of them are playing, and we see him when he whiffs and makes some mistakes, we really notice it. I mean, we were talking earlier. I was struck by about how Ben looked like vintage Ben. And well, why do he look like vintage Ben? If I remember correctly, it's because Chooks missed his man. So that's why Ben was out there make doing vintage Ben things. It, um, but I again, I, I think it, I've come to the point of understanding where the coaching comes from. And it's hard to tell myself this as a fan is the idea like, OK, they're in there every day. They've been working with Chooks for years. They've been working with Dan for a handful of months. And he's certainly come along a lot farther from everything you read and hear from, you know, minicamp and all that. So it's hard for them not to believe like, OK, we're going to give up on these years of Chooks and have Dan start before that. But I wouldn't be crazy to me if that happens in a few months, maybe, or if Chooks really biffs against the Bills or something to that effect. I don't know. You know, all I can think is Miles Garrett versus a fourth round rookie. (laughs) And, you know, that's that's the stuff that screams are made of. Right. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, and there's a lot. And look, we had one of the worst O-lines last year. So I get that anything is an improvement. But I mean, you know, uh, speaking, I mean. Look at Dot. Uh, we got second year guy Dotson, mm-hmm. and you know there are people ready. To, look, I'm not. I don't mean to call out uh, our own Jeffrey Benedict again, but he, <laughs> he, you know, on his podcast, he was ready to put Dotson in the hall already. Wow. So, I mean, that's not an exaggeration. He was literally oh, okay. talking. I hadn't seen it. He was talking Hall of Fame intentions with our, wow. our second year guard. So there's That'd a lot nice. of yeah. lot of love out there for this O line. Uh, you know, here's a reality check though for Steelers Nation. S- I, you know, if this O line improves from uh, what thirtieth ranked to twenty third ranked, mm-hmm. that's an improvement. That but would be amazing. We're still in the bottom half of the league. That'd I, be amazing. We've seen, you know, I, as much as Tomlin loves to praise the finish on some of these guys, <laughs> I've seen some other finishes that are uh, they, more like fatalities, <laughs> if you ask me. Finish him. And I'm, I'm not convinced that this O-line is going to be out there like uh, just, you know, running people over like they're paving cement uh, <laughs> on the highway. No, I think we're going to be quick, more quick passes. I hope we get it. I hope we get this great running game. Although if you noticed in the preseason, mm-hmm. we haven't been necessarily a strong running team. Sure. Right. Uh, we had that great dump off to Najee mm-hmm. that might be it might be one of it might be that run running game by pass yes the, that Lev Bell type of running game mm-hmm. uh am I, am I off base no there? I think you're right I think that all entirely counts I also think if this offensive line were say the 23rd in the league they would be at They'd probably win the division. I mean, they go into the they go into the playoffs very strong. I think even finishing in, you know, the third of four quadrants in offensive line would be an amazing improvement. I mean, I know our podcast is focused so much upon what the fans think. And it's just it just hit me now, like how how big we are on this offensive line versus last year when so many of us were trying to talk ourselves into it. No, no, no. These guys still got it. I mean, I know they've looked rough, but you understand. Look, 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 look at their resumes. They got the Castro and they got Pouncey. These guys 
guys have been here forever and I can still do this. And we were wrong about that. And this, I think that, and I think that's part of what fuels the overreaction to Dan Moore Jr. Hey, this guy looks great blocking his dude in the second quarter against the Panthers. Let's keep him out there forever. I think, I think we're, we're, I, I think while the fans are very, uh, us fans are very optimistic about that, I think we have a little bit of reason to be. I think this is, you know, a start. But man, again, I keep, you know, I, I keep thinking back in this podcast today, we're like, oh, no, 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 you guys got to understand. Don't get ahead of yourselves. You know, we're being downers. We're being downers. Look, we're going to be the people that pick everyone up and talk about how they're still okay once they lose one of these games, particularly if it's first week in Orchard Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you think we're trying to you, you think we're trying to uh, bring you back to earth now. But yeah, during the season, when you guys are all out there being toxic haters, we're right. gonna, we'll be the love fest. Oh, I'll be I'll we'll be, be waving our pom poms. Yeah, I'll mm. be pouring the love potion into your ever flowing cup. But bottom line is, you know, you got to you got to. Uh, tamper your expectations Deep on this line. Breaths. Dan Moore is going to get snaps this season. I think that's 100% correct. I don't think he's going to get a thousand snaps well, this that, season. That, you know, That would probably mean something went wrong. Well, I mean, we're having these real good long drives. <laughs> you know, yes, a thousand year. snap season. Just real long, <laughs> run it three yards. Okay, we've got to move on to okay. the, well, you know, Let's let's talk before we talk about the hate. Okay. Let's talk one more bit on the love. Please. It, there's Enjoy been so much so much love going around. Even the media wow. is getting love from Steelers Nation. Wow. You know, the media loves to put Steelers Nation down and I'll tell you why. The reason is is because we have one of the, the most passionate fan bases out there. Mm-hmm. So if you say something bad about the Steelers, mm-hmm. it's guaranteed that all of us are going to click that article to see oh, what the heck you're yeah. talking about. I fall so, for it every time. You know, that's the that's where the national media is coming from a lot of times. Mm-hmm. We we can make a hot take on the Steelers mm-hmm. because we want that Steeler Nation clicks. Mm-hmm. No one's making those hot takes about uh F- Leonard Fournette <laughs> or you know, about Urban Meyer. There's some Urban Meyer hot takes there out there, but takes, you know but, the, the but teams. The Lions. We just saw the Lions. Nobody yeah. has a hot take on the Lions. You and, know, uh, so mm-hmm. the so there's a reason why the media goes after the Steelers, mm-hmm. and it's for the clicks and for the views. But mm-hmm. hey, this week even the media is loving the Steelers. How often are you going to see a tweet like like this? What? Let's see okay. this tweet. Uh, mm-hmm. This is from Melissa at okay. mdrizzy22, oh, okay. big Steelers fan. She's like, nice name. this is why I've always respected Marcus Spears from ESPN. This mm. is why I've always respected Marcus Spears' takes on the Steelers, good or bad. And wow. here, another one, Mic'd Up Sports 1. Uh, Marcus Spears, this is on the spot from mm. Marcus Spears. So okay. you're like, wow, what did, what did Marcus Spears say? Indeed. All he had to say was, this was on ESPN. Please. Big Ben is not done, obviously. Hmm. I give Mike Tomlin the benefit of the doubt. That coach went eight and eight with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Wow. Uh, He's speaking common sense. (laughs) And that gets you big praise on the Internet. Uh, But hey, you know, I got to say, Marcus, Marcus Spears at the bottom line is I give Mike Tomlin the benefit (laughs) of the doubt. Enough said. Okay, haters, if the national media knows what's up, at least one one guy on the national media. I like how we have to give uh, this Mr. Spears this much praise simply for reading a stat line. Like yeah. the guy read the statistics and I said eight and eight. I, it did just strike me as you're saying this, that I give Mike Tomlin the benefit of the doubt could be the alternate title for this podcast or like that would yeah. be our motto. Like what, what we live by here is I give Mike Tomlin the benefit of the doubt. I like it. I like it. <laughs> we might, uh, we might, I might, I'll, I'll talk to Brian. We might have to change the name. The benefit of the doubt podcast. <laughs> 
All right. No L- let's let's go on to the hate because oh, you know it, it hasn't been at all love fest out uh, there. Uh, the one player not getting any love this mm-hmm. week, uh, which is a shame because a month ago, man, were we fired up on this guy? He was going to save the defense. He was going to bring back that Lambert <laughs> attitude on defense. And today he's in the doghouse. We're uh-huh. talking about Robert Spillane. Oh. What happened to Robert Spillane? Robert, you know, uh, uh, two months ago we were talking mm-hmm. about his big stop mm-hmm. on against the Titans. We were oh, talking yes. about his big pick mm-hmm. against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And today, man, geesh, uh, here's here's the tweets on on Spillane. Okay, again, this is from at Tommy Jaggy, man. Robert Spillane has been atrocious this summer. Mm. I would general, genuinely question whether he's worth a roster spot. Mm. Mm. I understand that people are down on Spillane. I mean, obviously, the guy has some struggles keeping up with tight ends and wide receivers that are running through. But, man, I, 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 I don't get the idea that there's something wrong with Spillane. He instantly becomes a really pretty good backup Inside linebacker. I mean, now you've gone to a real position of strength here where, hey, if Schobert gets hurt or God forbid something happens to Bush again, now you've got a not at all bad real thumper in there that can maybe, you know, come in and get some big snaps during a game. Uh, It's one of those things that just because somebody is not a star doesn't mean that they aren't useful. Yeah, I mean, if he gets cut, who takes his place? We're talking Marcus Allen and Ulysses uh, Gilbert or Buddy. What about that rookie? Oh yeah, Bu- yeah, Buddy Johnson, who I don't barely think- been on the field, if at all, in the last few games. Yeah, yeah. and we're talking Spillane, no different than where he was a year ago. Right. He was our backup, who yes. was unproven, mm-hmm. and then when it looked like our season was over with Devin Bush, mm-hmm. he came in. And was serviceable. Yes. And if not, if not even that, he was a highlight. He was a playmaker. Yeah, he played some big plays. He, he made, made splash. Right, exactly. He certainly showed far more than you would think for a guy that came in from where he did. If you'd asked him a year ago at this point, would you have taken the last year? I imagine the guy would have said yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. In, in fact, here is uh, in response to all these Spillane haters. Nice. We got we here's the here's the tweet. Uh, okay. This comes from I, this you know this might be Spillane's uh, burner account. <laughs> it it says it's from Brandon. But okay. His tag is at Big Play Spillane. Oh, that's commitment. So I love it. You, obviously, this guy is new. If he's got to be new to Twitter, <laughs> with at least with a year. If he had this Twitter handle beforehand, then he's the biggest Spillane fan out oh, there. Oh, that'd be amazing. All right. So okay. uh, here's the response to those who Please. who uh, who want Spillane out. Spillane was the best line. Linebacker in coverage last year mm. with a passer rating allowed mm-hmm. at 51.4 mm-hmm. and Schobert mm-hmm. had a passer rating allowed at 110. Wow. Now, OK, come on. He was with, he was with Jacksonville. Right. So, oh, uh, yeah. No, there's a million different caveats to this. Uh, it goes on. Spillane had a higher pressure rate than Eric Kendricks, Schobert and Vince Williams mm-hmm. and had a better EPA per play than Devin White and. And Schobert. We're, so these are some Moneyball wow. stats. I don't know There's what that means. Some, I, I, I was hoping you were going to explain it to me. <laughs> I think it means that Spillane is good enough for to, to land on the 53. Absolutely. <laughs> the guy's a tremendous backup. I mean, you know, obviously the the the... the 
comeback to everything that, that Mr. Big Play Spillane says here is, you know, any of those clips of the Browns playoff game of, you know, Spillane running after dudes after they've got the ball over his head. But the, everything here shouts to me, what a tremendous backup. What a tremendous guy to come in for a few snaps. Hey, maybe, you know, Schobert or Bush get a little bit winded. T.J. Watt, as great as he is, certainly does. And wouldn't you rather have somebody that can do all of these numbers, which presumably add up to something, to come in and do that at that time? I'd love to have a great inside linebacker with, with awesome EPA per play that's uh that's what i look at <laughs> but you know it's it's the steelers twitter very fickle you right. know spillane was a hero a month mm. ago today he's out mm-hmm. and and on the same you know um uh two a month ago two months ago antoine brooks right. was gonna be you know put it put the number 28 on him he was the next mike yes. hilton and today he is not on the 53 at all right although you know as being a maryland guy uh, I think that there's still chance he might come back from this injury, oh, wind, up, wind up on the squad maybe in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't think Antoine Brooks' days are done with us with us yet. I would be very surprised if that were the case, particularly when I mean, it's not like he went out because he was, you know, had to be one of the 10 cuts before the final cut down day. I mean, it just seems the guy had a string of bad luck of injuries that unfortunately kind of the worst time for him if you're trying to make the team. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta put uh, you gotta have a resume on tape, as Tomlin mm-hmm. likes to say. Um, so, all right, let's let's wrap this up for Please. today. Mm-hmm. What's uh, I'll give you the I'll give you the first word on the final thoughts here. What, uh, what you know? What are you thinking going into this week? Uh, in the words of Brody Stevens, enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy this time. This is everyone is high on the team. There is nothing but uh, clear skies. And, you know, smooth sailing ahead. Everything seems good right now. Take stock of this. Remember this because it's I'm not saying this to bring anyone down, but it's not always going to be this way. They are going to lose games. They are going to face some adversity throughout the season. But remember what this is like now, because, you know, when it does get tougher, it's not like all of these guys suddenly forgot how to do this. Hey, you know, amen to that. Let's uh, that, that that deserves a oh, there yeah. we go. <laughs> That deserves an extra life there. And we're going to need all the extra lives we can get this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just say real quick, you know, just like the new Tomlinism we got this week, we're still squirreling those nuts That's right. uh, as a podcast, mm-hmm. as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the the best is the best is here this week, but mm-hmm. I still think that the, the best is yet to come there this season. Go. So, you know. Keep that love. Keep these positive tweets mm-hmm. and attitudes going throughout mm-hmm. the season. You you saw what you liked this week against the Panthers mm-hmm. uh, or against the Lions. The Panthers are tonight. <laughs> the jerseys are a different kind of ugly. They look the same, though. They really do. Mm-hmm. All right. So for episode two of What Ian's Talking About from Behind the Steel Curtain, I'm Kyle Kreiss here with Greg Benevent. Mm-hmm. Uh, until next week, you know, Keep in mind, keep those tweets less than toxic, and we'll be back next week to tell you what Yin's talking about. No music. That's okay. All right. <laughs>